to Cancer Perspective. Thank you for joining us. We're continuing with Cancer Awareness Months. March Cancer Awareness Months include anal cancer, colon cancer, rectal cancer, kidney cancer, and multiple myeloma. In today's episode, we're going to combine the intestinal cancers, colorectal, and anal cancer. We'll start with a little of the anatomy. When we eat food, we get it digested through the stomach. The stomach is the gastric area. Gastro is a term that will come up today. The food that we digest goes into the small intestine for further digestion and then into the larger intestine. When we consider colon cancer, we're talking about the large intestine. It is possible to get cancer in the small intestine, although that's considered a very rare cancer, but it arises the same way as colon cancer that is quite common. The large intestine, or the colon, is a tube that's got muscles that continue to maneuver food, now beginning to form a little bit more because during the trip in the small intestine, water is slowly removed and we now have additional juices like the bile that we talked about in gallbladder cancer, making up the color of your poop. The small intestine goes into the ascending colon of the large intestine. Ascending means it's on the right-hand side and rises up or ascends from the bottom of your gut to the top close to your liver on the right side. That's the ascending colon. Then that colon goes across the abdomen. That's called the transverse colon. Goes from right to left. And then the descending colon drops from the left-hand side down towards the bottom of your abdomen. That descending colon then goes into the S-shaped sigmoid colon that gets to the rectum and then finally to the anus. The colon can also be measured by how close it is to the inside of the body. The proximal colon is the ascending and the transverse colon. So the right side all across the abdomen is the proximal colon. The descending colon and sigmoid colon are called the distal colon. Once you get to the sigmoid colon, you'll reach the rectum. The rectum is about the last six inches of the digestive system. The matter that's left over from the digestive system is stored in the rectum until you feel the urge to pass it, and then you pass that stool, is one word for it, feces, poop, bowel movement, into the anus, and pass it out the body. The anus has a sphincter that keeps the stool from coming out automatically. So all of these things come into play when we're talking about colon cancer. Colon cancer is cancer of the bowel. Bowels make the bowel movements. 
These are all different words to say the same thing. It's important to use terminology that you understand. And if you don't understand a word, it's okay to ask. If a healthcare provider uses a word like feces and you don't know what that means, then using a word like poop is just as appropriate. If you've been following along for a while, early on we talked about types of cells where cancers arise. Most colorectal cancers and anal cancers are adenocarcinomas, meaning they arise from glandular cells, these cells that make mucus and help protect and keep food moving through the tract. There are other less common tumors in the large and small bowels, including carcinoid tumors. These are from hormone-making cells. There's lymphomas and sarcomas. We've talked about the difference between those. They are treated much more differently than a typical colorectal cancer. And then there's gastrointestinal stromotumors, or GISTs, G-I-S-T. They're specialized cells in the colon, and they can be found anywhere in the digestive tract, but are not common in the lower part of the colon that we're talking about. Because most of the cancers in the colon, rectal, and anal areas are adenocarcinomas, meaning they arise from the glandular cells that make the mucus right at the top of the lining of the colon, it means that the misbehaving cells start out rearranging themselves and they develop these small growths on that inner lining. These changes are called polyps and the polyps can turn into cancer over time. Usually takes many years. One of those things that we talk about, you may have had cancer for many, many years before it's discovered. And it's important to remember that not all polyps will become cancer but we want to take each polyp very seriously. A GI doctor, that's a gastrointestinal physician, meaning they deal with the stomach, the small bowel, the large bowel, the sigmoid colon, the rectum, and the anus. When they do a scope using the oscopies that we've talked about, they can see and remove a polyp during the procedure. They send it off to pathology and they can find an adenomatous polyp or an adenoma. These are the ones that are most likely to change into cancer and are called precancerous. There's hyperplastic polyps and inflammatory polyps. These are more common than the adenomas and in general are not considered precancerous. However, there are some people that make lots of these polyps and they need to be watched more carefully. Then there's sessile serrated polyps or SSPs and traditional serrated adenomas or TSAs. They are often considered like adenomas because they too can turn cancerous. So that pathology report becomes very important. If a non-cancerous polyp is larger than one centimeter or multiple or find, or if we see dysplasia or the normal growth has been interrupted, 
then you are at higher risk for developing cancer and may require frequent follow-ups with colonoscopies. So if you get a colonoscopy and you're diagnosed with colorectal cancer, understanding the signs and symptoms of developing colon cancer are directly related to your digestion. Most people have a usual way of eliminating their food. It may be usual for you to have one bowel movement a day, or it may be usual for you to have four bowel movements in a day, or it may be usual for you to have one bowel movement a week. As long as each of these things have been discussed with your doctor and your usual is not causing any problems, then your usual is what is important and how that changes and bothers you is what you report to your physician. People who are at higher risk for colorectal and anal cancers are people with a family history, especially somebody with a parent or a child or a sibling with colon or rectal cancer. Having a personal history of cancer within the colon or rectum or ovary. Having a history of having polyps removed having inherited or been born with a mutated gene that puts you at higher risk for things that we will talk about in a future episode, such as familial adenomatous polyposis, FAP, or Lynch syndrome, hereditary non-polyposis colorectal cancer. People who have chronic inflammation in their gut, such as ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease, chronic constipation that is bothersome, chronic diarrhea that's bothersome, having three or more alcoholic drinks per day, smoking, being black, obesity, all puts you at higher risk. Of course, as always, being older is a risk for many of the cancers that we talk about. Besides a change in bowel habits, if you notice blood in your stool, Again, stool is another word for your poop. Either bright red, bright red usually means it's very new and close to the anal area, or very dark, which means it came further in that colon, probably closer to the ascending colon or the transverse colon. It gets darker and darker. Feeling that you're just not emptying all the way, feeling that you're not quite your normal self. Stools that are narrower than usual, meaning that the stool has to squeeze its way around a mass so it flattens out or gets a little skinny. Frequent gas pains or bloating, abdominal cramps. Unintended weight loss. You lost weight and it might be because you can't eat, but you did not mean to lose that weight. Exhaustion and vomiting. It is possible that these cancerous tumors can be blocking and cause things to go backwards and you can actually vomit up your feces if you are completely blocked. Colon and rectal and anal cancer are found by going to your doctor and telling them what your issues are. Oftentimes they'll start with a digital rectal exam. Digit is a finger. 
that means a provider inserts a gloved finger into the rectal area and feels for anything that doesn't quite feel normal. A fecal occult blood test, fecal meaning your feces, occult meaning can't see with the naked eye, blood test is also often done to check to see if your stool has any blood that can be seen in the microscope. That's when you take a little piece of your stool and spread it on a special card and put it in a container to send to the laboratory. Another word that can be confusing is a guaiac. I have heard providers tell their patients they're going to get a guaiac. Well, that's just a type of fecal occult blood test. It's a chemical that's used on the card that identifies if there's blood in the stool and the color changes. You may get a sigmoidoscopy. That's a scope, the oscopy that we talked about that goes to the sigmoid, the lower part of the colon and the upper part of the rectum. And the anus can be seen quite clearly with a special light. The colonoscopy is what they need to go further inside to hopefully see all the way down the ascending colon on the right-hand side. There are wonderful stool tests out there that you can do without an oscopy that can potentially diagnose cancer. These are great if you have no family history or none of the risk factors that we've talked about. They have been quite helpful in diagnosing or identifying people with earlier stage colon cancers in people who would otherwise not undergo a colonoscopy, but they are not able to identify precancerous polyps. And the benefit of a colonoscopy or a sigmoidoscopy is that if they find a polyp that may be precancerous, they remove it right then and there. Your providers will identify treatment options based on the stage of the cancer. And that, again, as we've talked about staging in the past, identifies where in that process is the cancer developing. Is it just a polyp? And then your cure is a polypectomy or a removal of the polyp. If it has already developed into cancer and is just on that lining of the colon, then it is considered very early stage, and again, surgery might be all that is needed. If the cancer has blocked or made a hole in the colon, it is much further along, and that might require a more extensive surgery. And of course, what the patient comes to the diagnosis with, all their other preconditions affect what the course of treatment will entail. A person diagnosed with colon, rectal, or anal cancer will get a CT scan, possibly an MRI, to look inside the colon and see if there is any further evidence of cancer developing. A PET scan is possible, chest x-ray, and hopefully no other biopsies are needed. There is a tumor marker or a assay a blood test that can be used for some people to measure the amount of cancer cells circulating within the bloodstream. That's called a CEA 
or a carcinoembryonic antigen. The normal level for a CEA is usually around 5, and if it's found higher than that, then it can be a sign of colon cancers, but also can it be a sign of other conditions. There are people who have normal CEA levels that have colon cancer, so that marker may not be helpful to monitor disease for that person. When we talk about treatment, if it includes a extensive surgery, meaning a surgeon has to go in and remove the tumor, that may require that the colon has to be diverted away from where the cancer was growing, either because there's going to be more treatment like radiation or chemotherapy, or because the colon needs a rest, or because the cancer has permanently damaged the colon in a way that it's not useful in that area anymore. The surgeon then connects two different parts of the colon together and diverts it away from the rectal and anal area and makes a opening in the front of the abdomen where the poop will come out into a bag. That's called a colostomy. Col for colon and ostomy meaning a new opening. Sometimes colostomies are permanent Many times, colostomies are reversible, meaning after all the treatment is done and the colon has a time to rest and repair itself, the surgeon will go back in and reconnect areas so that it no longer needs the ostomy part in the front of the abdomen and can go back to using the rectum and the anus. One of the big parts of a colostomy is the fact that you no longer have a sphincter that you can control the stool or poop output. This is often inconvenient for a patient, but it is not insurmountable. It can be quite astonishing to learn how many people have been through colostomies and are still wearing their colostomies or still functioning in regular jobs, whether they be blue-collar or white-collar jobs, safely and effectively. But remember, not everybody with colon cancer will need an ostomy. Colon, rectal, and anal cancers that are found early are often considered curable. They have a five-year survival rate of over 90%. This is where risk prevention, such as avoiding smoking, excessive alcohol, and having people with chronic inflammatory disease being monitored, and then, of course, following the recommended screening guidelines which now has getting colonoscopies at 45 for average risk people. If someone in your family has had a history of colon cancer, and if that family member is a first-degree relative, meaning it is a parent or a sibling or a child, you should get your colonoscopy probably 10 years earlier than the diagnosis of the youngest person with colon, rectal, or anal cancer. So if you had a parent diagnosed with colon cancer at age 40, then you should talk to your physician about getting a colonoscopy at age 30. 
as we are lumping in anal cancer with colon and rectal cancer, it's important to note that anal cancers have a higher risk of having a viral component as compared to the colon and rectal cancers, such as HPV virus and HIV virus. We've talked about both of those as risk factors before. When colon and rectal cancer are talked about together, it is often combined in the word colorectal. The doctors do need to know where on that colon that cancer started so that the treatment is appropriate. There are subtle changes between treatment of the distal colon and the rectal area versus the proximal colon. But colorectal is a term that you might hear when you're listening more for colorectal cancer awareness month. It usually goes together. We don't want to forget our friends that have had or are living with anal cancer. Their ribbons are different colors. Colorectal cancer is blue. Anal cancer is two different colors, purple and green. During this month, you have plenty of beautiful colors to wear and support friends and loved ones living with colon, rectal, and anal cancer. Thank you for joining us today. Take care and spread kindness.